Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey. Episode 14, The Spider Diagram, Part 2, Thinking and Choices. In the previous episode, we began to see how to use a spider diagram in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in order to understand our story. In this episode, we continue the process of bringing inner healing and freedom by looking at the completion of the diagram, filling in the thinking and choices that arise from the issue that concerns us. So far, we have drawn a spider's web with a center and three sectioned radiating rings. In the central circle, we have written the issue that we need illuminating. We then spent time connecting to the feelings that that generated, both at the time and now, and we wrote these in the first layer. Now our task is to capture our thinking. What beliefs have we picked up about ourselves as a result of this experience? Or what belief has it confirmed in us? Before the fall, our thinking was in harmony with the mind and the character of the Father. Outside of the waterfall of His presence, the selfishness driving us to get our needs met has distorted this oneness. It is the result of eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that we think we know best, right from wrong, good from bad. This distortion of our thinking leads us to play God and to suffer much pain as a consequence. It is our thinking that is the engine which drives our choices and behavior and then interprets our experience. The Bible is very clear that transformation is needed. In Ephesians 4 verses 22 to 24 it says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness. In this transformation, we will come into harmony with the Father, and this will align us once again with the Father's will and purpose. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. We have spoken before about us being complicated beings. Like an iceberg is nine-tenths under the surface, so when we experience a feeling, there is a complicated belief system out of sight that is causing the emotion that is on the surface. All beliefs, expectations, attitudes, decisions, agreements and vows that do not agree with God's word, nature or character are lies and are ungodly and sinful. We have much thinking to straighten out, 
But there is hope. We're going to learn in future episodes how by the renewing of our mind we are set free. Meanwhile, it is a revelation to exercise your self-awareness and to examine at the end of the day how your belief system has impacted your day. How many judgments have you made? How many negative thoughts have you entertained about your family, your neighbours, the church, the government? Has your thinking been in line with the character, the nature and the word of God? Our minds are the battleground where we need to hold and stand on God's truths. It is the place where the enemy will seek to defeat us by robbing us of the life and freedom that comes with the renewing of our minds. So where did we start picking up the distorted beliefs about ourselves? Well, we pick up beliefs about ourselves from the moment we are born and before. The first questions a baby asks are, am I safe and can I trust big people? As newborn babies, we were designed to be 100% loved. And when our experience falls short of God's intention, we know it. It is not always an indication of the amount of love and care offered, but also the circumstances, experiences, poverty, wars, accidents and illnesses that surround childhood that can play a part. The little person sees themselves as being the cause of their negative experience. Bad things happen to me because I am a bad person. They cannot reason as an adult can. They do not see the bigger picture of why big people are not delivering a hundred percent. Our observations as little people are neither accurate nor objective. They are negative and absolute. I am unlovable or I am unsafe. These beliefs become the criteria through which we assess our progress in the world as we grow up. It's like putting on a pair of tinted glasses with our belief colouring the lenses. If I believe I'm unlovable, every experience is coloured by that belief and that skews how I inhabit an experience, what I take from it and how I respond to it. Once we take a belief on board, we hoover up evidence that confirms its truth in our minds. Foundational beliefs about ourselves, picked up in the first few years of life, are buried in our unconscious and drive our experience of life. However, we have no awareness of them as they are carried with us through the years until they are disputed and replaced. They colour the way we experience life minute by minute. They underpin the choices we make and become self-fulfilling prophecies. Believing I am unlovable means that in relationships I never start from a confident place. I always see myself as less than others and therefore less deserving of love. I do not believe you will love me. Thus I have a barrier to receiving love before a relationship begins. Uncovering these lies is the key to transformation. 
For when we recognize the lies, we can dispute them, and it is by the renewing of our minds we shall be set free on the journey towards wholeness. So let's go back to our spider diagram. Reflect on the event at the center of your spider diagram. Now fill in the middle layer. Fill in your beliefs about yourself that were engendered or reinforced by your central issue. You'll find it helpful to make them statements beginning with I where possible. For example, I'm a loser. I can't trust anyone. I must win. I must keep everyone safe. I must be in control. I'll never be any good. Now we will look at the choices and behaviors that flow from the issue that is concerning us and complete the diagram by filling in the outer layer of the spider diagram. When it comes to our experience of life and relationships, we're making choices all day, every day. What are we going to do? How are we going to react or respond to a situation? Often, when we're wounded, it seems as though we are robbed of the ability to make choices in our life. It is as though we are pre-programmed to follow a certain pattern, governed by I must or I should and I've got to. The behaviors that follow are driven by the beliefs seated in our unconscious. As a general rule, all our behavior will drive us to where we believe our needs will be met. Part of our healing is to become aware that we are choosing beings and can make healthy choices. Jesus chose his response to situations rather than just reacting to them. There are instinctive reactions. When confronted with a danger which may be physical but may be emotional or psychological or anything that we perceive holds threat for us, we have three instinctive reactions that may kick in. Remembered by the three F's, they are fight, flight or freeze. It's a useful exercise to reflect on situations in your life where you face circumstances that have brought forth each of these instinctive reactions in you. On reflection, was it an appropriate reaction? Did it serve its purpose? In hindsight, could you have responded in a different way? Reflect on the difference between reacting and responding. We make two sorts of choices in our behavior. Firstly, we do things to try and protect ourselves to survive. These are our defense mechanisms. We build a cage of behaviors to make ourselves feel safe. We can hide away behind shyness, humor, aggression, denial, fantasy, hypochondria, spirituality, control and withdrawal. The list of our defenses is endless as we are very creative about the way we protect ourselves. They give us the illusion that we are safe and that no one will find out the big secret that we are only acting out being okay. Secondly, 
We have seen that when outside the waterfall, at our very core, we all have emptiness. The second set of choices we make is designed to try and fill the void and to try and make us feel good about ourselves, thus masking that emptiness inside. We often strive to be the best in some area, the perfect parent, the perfect Christian, or the most spiritual, the one who never says no. Or we go for status, for being the top of the pile. If the world thinks we are great, it must be so. And then we use all sorts of ways to fill the ache inside. Chocolate, sex, drugs, shopping, car, status, alcohol, the newest gadgets, celebrity and fame. Now let's fill in the third layer of the spider diagram with the behaviour and the choices that you've made as a consequence of the central issue. With the spider diagram complete, spend some time with the Holy Spirit, reflecting on what you see. Don't rush this, mull it over, expect the Holy Spirit to give you insights. Reflect on the behaviours and the choices you've made to get through life. As you look at the diagram, what is the overall way you've responded to the need in you? What behaviours do you observe? What stands out about your reaction to the pain? Were your choices ones that Jesus would have made? How did they differ? What do you think God would have you change? Take special note of the effect of your thinking. Does it line up with what God says about you? Talking through a spider diagram with someone you trust can be invaluable. These two tools, the timeline and the spider diagram, help us to open our awareness of an area of woundedness within. Ultimately, what we're seeking to find out from the spider diagram is what is the biggest lie we've believed about ourselves. Then, in the next episode, continuing to be led by the Holy Spirit, we will learn the tools that will begin the transformation that comes as we exchange that lie for God's truth. <laughs>